Welcome back. My name is Cody, and you are listening to Weekly EP. Weekly EP is a Berlin-based music podcast with guests from all over the world who write and record a short album in one week. We listen, and we talk about how it was made. This is episode 27 with Hieronymus Boggs, based out of Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. And that is probably one of the coolest names for a city that we've had so far on the show. Uh, the album is made up of three beautiful and haunting songs rooted in nature and the mind. One of them is even a painting turned into a song, which is really cool. As always, we'll do a short intro interview, listen to the new record, and then dive into the creative process of how the record came together in seven days. But first, here's a taste of that record. question at the top here is what is your name my name is Hieronymus Boggs it's my art name I've joked and called it my Christian name at <laughs> times and most of my friends call me Boggs so it's a lot more like my real name here in in the town I live in uh, everyone knows me as Boggs where was this recorded I'm in truth or consequences New Mexico Southwest that's the name of the town that's the name of the town. Wow, that's an amazing <laughs> town name. I think that's one of the, the best so far. That's really cool. That's that's why we picked it. You know, we tried to find the place with the best <laughs> name. <laughs> just kidding. And you recorded just in, in your house? or I recorded oh. in my house and we broke into a uh, social club in town and, and recorded the drums there. And then we did the rest of the recording in a studio, which was minor, you know, just bass and a little organ, you know, little things here and there. Mm -hmm. Would you say that this is in line with the kind of stuff that you normally make, or is it something that is maybe stylistically a little bit of a change or an experiment? I think basically songwriting, it's, it's similar. Um, you know, each project will definitely have textural differences kind of based on just the limitations of that project or, you know, where you're recording or who's available. Like in terms of my my way of recording can change very quickly. So sometimes it's not that my music and the way I approach writing will change, but the quality or the uh, feeling of the of the recording will change based on the environment and the players and the circumstances, you know, so having like to record an album in a week, you know, will definitely create its own texture. That's sort of the, uh, the hope, I guess, in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was a little reluctant to, to do it because <laughs> I haven't been in the mood to rush a song or to feel like I'm rushing. Phil and Jose have been telling me to, that I should, I should do it. And, uh, I wanted to, but I wasn't sure, but I'm very glad that I did. They've kind of, uh, convinced or guilted or something into <laughs> to doing it. Which, um, you said you, uh, you've known those guys for a while. 
Yes, yes. I've known uh, Jose Delhart when he was uh, maybe a junior in high school, and I was a teaching assistant. And we met there and we did a little bit of work together and then parted our ways for a few years, just kind of fell out of touch. And then one year in the in the 90s, early 90s, he um, called me because he had my phone number and we ended up uh, making music, starting to make music together. Uh, the final question of the intro section then is the silly question. Sure. And your silly question is candy canes or candy corn? Definitely candy corn. Okay. Do you have yeah. um, a non-emotional reason for that? Do you, like, do you have an intellectual reason or is it based off of? It's based on childhood. Just mm -hmm. the look of the look and the color of candy corn, the shape of it and the memories of the times when you ate them, you know, uh, Halloween and Thanksgiving and, you know, things like that. And also, I guess, to a kid, candy corn is definitely a lot more appealing, generally, I'd say, than uh, candy canes. Yeah, definitely for me. At least up to me. a certain age. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably for me at some point now, too. But uh, I think as an adult, I would choose the candy canes. <laughs> but, even, but the kid in me would want the candy corn. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely um, an experience to have that much sugar <laughs> at one time. <laughs> let's jump into the record or let's get the record going. And it was still currently untitled. Is that the case still? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Purpose, purposefully untitled. For me, I'd like, you know, I like my music in general to be a world, uh, a, its own space with its own rules. So I would say, you know, clear your mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then this is Hieronymus Boggs with Untitled. Your lies, your lies, your lies 
Wide owl appears with wings wide open. 
stretch across the sky White Owl appears For the prayers of the ones who are unified The candle burns Illuminates Illuminates the soul The candle that burns
back. So just kind of paint a picture of how things came together from your end, including how the week unraveled, you know. Let's see. So I think it was a, a day per song. I tried to, you know, start the day writing some notes, idea, ideas for notes and messing around on my instrument, which is, it's a general practice that I that I do. So it wasn't anything different. Uh, mm -hmm. But I tried to concentrate on one song per day. So when I got up, I started from scratch on, on a song. And uh, the, the first one was A Ship of Fools. And the second one, the next day was The Hermit Song. And then the last one was Blessed Life. Okay. Um, in that order. And, you know, I, I started the songs, you know, that morning. And I think with all of them, I kind of had them developed after a few hours. And I would come back to them later on in the day or the next day. So, you know, in terms of writing the lyrics, I was adding and changing things within those three, three days. When you start the day off and you start playing around with the song, what, is, what does that look like? Do you just do you start playing an instrument and just kind of sing along to it or hum a melody or do you start with the lyrics or some sort of like emotional or story idea or, or how does it generally work? Mm, the content develops, I think, mostly from things I'm reading and thinking about. So the, the content is there. And so it's easy to pick up an instrument and strum and, you know, maybe hear some words within the melody I'm strumming or. For me, once I have something that's a title, and I don't even mean literally a title, but the title is kind of like the main thought, I feel like it just naturally evolves. But yeah, it's it's so hard to talk about process because everyone has <laughs> such different processes. And well, that's you know, kind of why I like talking about it, though. I mean, it's just always yeah, it's always so fun. I mean, I know it's hard to put into words as well sometimes, but right. You may have some sort of structure that you work with, or you may have a theme, but there's also just the chance. There's also the, you know, what you're feeling at the moment, what you heard on the news. There's so much that can influence the ideas in very subtle ways. And I'm, I'm very open to that. Like I, I enjoy letting it come out and, to, and, and letting it feel natural to me. Like I don't try to over edit myself and I try to allow the unconscious to react to what I'm doing. And I, I may not have to understand the meaning 
I actually would rather not understand it <laughs> and let it be resolved in the song than for me to resolve it as an idea. For me, I like the tension. You know, I like a pa some paradox and, and some tension. Um, so it's kind of complicated to really <laughs> to go into depth about about process. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, you know you I'm not sure if I answered your question. Oh, that's okay. I think at the you know at the end of the day, unless you're being really mechanical about it, it can be. It's a very hidden process, even from oneself. You know, right, of right. songwriting. Yeah, I'm just you know because I guess what I was asking it too is because um, like you're now one of you know a couple people. I know that Clayton was one. I know that my wife actually said she does similar things. Was coming up with not necessarily a title, but even like a phrase or like one mm -hmm. word. Sure. And then kind of using that as a backbone structure to allow the song to evolve organically from that. Right. You know, like if, if the word was war and the song ends up being about, um, it's a terrible example, but ends <laughs> up being about the internal struggle of like not wanting to mow the lawn. Right. You know, but it's sort of that, that internal war with yourself or something like that, which is... Uh, <laughs> But, you know, just kind of allowing the song to have some sort of structure or some sort of lattice, I guess, to, to kind of grow on. That had never occurred to me. Yeah, and I think music shares a lot of similarities with visual art. And I started as a visual artist and got into music later. So my approach to resolving music is more through an art process than it is through a musical process. Because I don't, I don't really know much about music theory and yeah, I started late. I started senior year in college to, to write music and to even try to play an instrument or sing. It was all through my art background that kind of informed me on, on the music. You recorded the bass and the drums and I guess the guitar and vocals kind of in different locations. Yes. This is going to sound silly because based on what I know of you, I, I was fairly certain that these were all real instruments, but the last couple of people that have been on the show recorded almost their entire record on in Ableton or in Logic or something like that with okay. sequenced instruments. And, and sure. some of them sounded, you know, it was a different uh, genre, a different style of music, but it was in some cases very convincing okay. to me at least. And the only reason why I bring that up is because the drums are so tight, like the rhythm with the guitar and the bass, it's there. It just, it's really on point, I guess is a, that's a terrible way to say it, but <laughs> on these songs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was okay. just like, everything was like right in the pocket, you know, it's like, it was, um, so especially to hear that you recorded huh. them in different locations at possibly different times. Sure. It's just, uh, even more impressive. Well, I'm glad it, I'm glad it came out that way. It's, it's always difficult. And I've always struggled with that, you know, because I, I do like to re I do like to record quickly because I get tired of songs quickly. <laughs> so I like uh -huh. to get them out of my system because I feel like I have like the, you know, what the intent is at that moment. But as time goes by, it kind of if I wrote if I write a song and then it takes me like, you know, two months to try to record it, I feel like oh, I've God, lost yeah. the feeling <laughs> of it. So I tend to be a lot more like I want to record it like you know, the next day actually. Um, yeah. so, um, you know, we were able to do that with these songs, just record them right away, which was nice. 
Did you play the drums or did someone else play the drums? No, my, my friend Tamar Rollins played uh, the drums. And so after I, I wrote the songs in those, those three days, and I may, I may have started to like open a file for the song. Maybe in the mm-hmm. evening, I would I would open, you know, put on my spire and and write the name of the song and maybe uh, go find the click for it on mm-hmm. Ship of Fools. I didn't use a click on Ship of Fools, so um, but the other two I used a click, and uh, so I'd set a tempo so then I could listen to it the next day and see how it feels. And that was kind of my process: is uh, write it and then like find a tempo for it and then kind of try to solidify the composition a little. And Mm -hmm. I would do that through recording. Like if I wasn't sure, I'd try an intro and then try a verse and, you know, maybe I'd change it up and punch in and try something different just to get the structure set. And then from there, once I get the structure, I'd start a new, I'd start a new song and try to lay it down in the way I finalized it. Basically, you're saying you almost demoed it in sections. I would build it maybe the way I would write a song, like I'd start writing a verse, and then I would alter some of the words in the verse, and then I'd go on. I'd go on to the next verse, and um, so then I'd when I'm recording, I would do an intro, and then maybe say, "Oh, let me just keep half of that intro, and then start on start on the verse." So I may cut out half of the intro, and then mm. start playing the verse chords on there. And then I'd feel that out and say, "Oh, maybe I should just hold this note before I start a next verse, or just slightly altering little things here and there." My my songs are very simple in terms of structurally, so you know I tend to try to feel within that simplicity, little things that I could change. And so that has to happen over, overdoing it, you know, many times. <laughs> and so that's what recording helps me to really, to keep at least the beginning there and, and kind of understand the structure a, a better. And just to, to clarify, so you're recording this with Aspire that connects to your phone? Yes. So automatically it's transferring to the phone as it records from the Spire. So for people out there that like myself who had never heard of Aspire before tonight, so it's it's like a little box that wirelessly connects to your phone or Yes, and the the headphones are usually plugged into the Spire. There's an internal mic that's on it, but you can also connect a condenser mic as well or any instrument. But that's wirelessly fed to your phone as you record. And then, so you have a multi-track software on your phone? Yes. Okay. Do you know what that's called offhand? I think it's just called Spire. It's like Spire app. Oh, okay. Spire like recorder app. app. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's just so simple. I can focus on recording and not much on, on the object that's recording. You know, so like so, if if it was a computer, I would be um, wasting yeah. a lot of time. Uh, yeah, I know how that goes. Yeah. Um, once you had set the structure and figured out the general layout of the song on the lyrics and everything, what was yeah. the next step? <laughs> yeah, so the next step was just sending it out to my friend and letting him hear and just setting up a time where we can uh, break into the social club and uh, get that drum kit. But so you sorry, know. I mean, so you, I guess, sorry, I guess my question too was, was as you're writing the song and recording it simultaneously, does it sort of 
I guess I meant, did you, would you then, once you had the thing, to, once you had the song, would you then re-record gotcha, gotcha. those bits? Yes. Or was, yeah, okay. I'd, I'd start over again. Okay. So you would lay down the guitar and then you would lay down vocals or at least a yes. first round of vocals. Yeah, I I play the instrument to the click and then add my vocals. Or like on Ship of Fools, it was just a take without a click. I just played and sang. No, I actually played the guitar first. So that's part of it. It's just as I record, I'm also memorizing the song to right. play it. And then it's much easier when I get to the point where I'm playing to the click and I've memorized the structure. One of the notes I have for Ship of Fools, I mean, I... We can talk a bit more about it in general, but uh, sure. I thought it was a really nice song, but uh, I listened to it a number of times and I couldn't decide if it was sort of a political message or sort of like a self-aware, mm-hmm. we're on a sinking ship sure, sure. message, or if it was uh, almost a romantic sort mm. of song. It's possible to be all to, to be all of them. And I think that's where, um, that's where when I was talking about intuitively letting it go in different directions you know i try to to get that sense in the song so there are elements that are seem more interpersonal and there are elements that may seem like it could be like i'm against something or you know it could be something that's more societal and uh, yeah i don't know i guess you want if if you want to know you know what it it's it's complicated here, I guess, because you know we're all going through stuff in our own, uh, in our worlds and in our countries and all that. So I think mm-hmm. it's hard for me to really distinguish, you know, what's personal and what's larger in there. But you know, the last, the la- the end or the last verse, I think, definitely has implications that it's the larger. Mm-hmm. But The Ship of Fools, it, it was a very popular medieval book. Oh, okay. And it, it dealt with the virtues. It was a book filled with poems about the virtues and very satirical in its delivery. And it kind of made fun of everyone. Each of these songs has its own really distinct visual landscape. To me. Sure. Well, we're like, let's say we're going to go into the Hermit song next, but the Hermit song, in a way, it's dealing with similar ideas, although it doesn't address them, it kind of ignores them. The Hermit, you know, he's alone and he's doing his thing and these things are happening. So there's a sense of, you know, for me, there's, there are things that tie it together in terms of trying to seek how to live independently versus living with a bunch of folks and trying to resolve your, your, you know, your daily life. It's frustrating that that's sort of the, uh, sometimes feels like those are the only two options. You're either in a chaotic mix of, of people that seem <laughs> like they're all self-destructive and bringing each other down to the bottom of the ocean, or you have to hang out alone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, we can just jump into the Hermit song then if you want. Sure, I, sure. One thing that I really liked from the beginning of this one was the, it has sort of a subtle start, but then when, I think it's like the lead guitar comes in, almost the lap steel. I oh, think. okay, okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the lap or steel. Slide. Right, okay. right. It's a really nice 
built, but then when you had that kind of like right. and then it just like <laughs> the drums kind of come in, everything kicks into gear. The first time I heard it, especially, it was this really kind of um, pleasantly surprising kick in the butt at the beginning of the song. Yeah, and it's it, and it's an odd, it's an odd sound in there. I think in in relation to the lyrics, it's odd mm-hmm. in one way, and it makes sense in another way. Um, for me, it's very sexy that that slide is is a very <laughs> sexy sound. Yeah, which, which is what does it know, I, have to do with anything sexy? I just said that. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's something to think about. You know, Rumi's always talking about the lover. You know, mm. so you know the the hermit is in union with with the lover, or tries to be, or wants to be. So there is a, you know, it's something I didn't think about. But when he started to play that, uh, Rob Stroop, who did the mixing um, at Tap Room at the at his studio, he played that, and I was like, wow, that's kind of interesting, and. You know, I had ne- I had not even thought about that sound in mm-hmm. there, but yeah. for me, it's like right away I'm making connections between the themes and the sound. Um, and then there are a lot of nice themes in here too, or a lot of nice images. So there's the the eye on the lake, and yep. then the white owl spreading its wings in the yep. sky. Yeah, and I was I was wondering if is that sort of a reference to the idea of white owls being wisdom? I think yeah, the owl <laughs> is kind of mystery and could be wisdom. It's definitely an ominous presence. The yeah. owl. I I saw my first owl up close recently, like in terms of not in a zoo or anything, and he was in my yard on the electric pole, and mm. just you know that that confrontation there you know, eye to eye and seeing, you know, how he moved and how he looked and how he flew away and just his wingspan. It was a very magical experience. The way I saw the hermit sort of was this story of perhaps a new hermit, right? Like a junior hermit who was slowly, (laughs) slowly kind of uh, uh, moving more and more into the pure form of being a hermit. You know, from from being on sure. the lake and kind of wondering about this almost vast spiritualism or sort of um, or spiritual kind of connection mm-hmm. to the outdoors, but then slowly going towards the cave or learning the intense pleasure or responsibility of tending to growing things, becoming self-sustaining, but not so much self-sustaining to just to live, but sort of to live to be self-sustaining or to live for that. Oneness, I think things, you know, you're looking at things and things are looking at you and there's a kind of interplay and uh, it's a good thing. It's a, but it's a, it's a learning thing for us. You know, I'm writing it. I've never been a hermit, but um, (laughs) I'm trying to kind of, I'm trying to go there in my mind and, and, and be in that place. But I like what you said that he's kind of a fledgling kind of a hermit because there is a kind of childlikeness to him or, you know maybe a naivete and i wonder though if all hermits are maybe like that because you know they're trying to like strip they're trying to strip away things and yeah uh, i kind of imagined um i guess maybe a dharma bum sort of like a kerouac kind of fuck it i'm going out to the woods sort of person (laughs) you know sure and I just got and, like my five jugs of wine. I don't need you guys anymore, you know. And then slowly, <laughs> once the wine runs out, I guess coming actually to to the earth. This song specifically, it's it's literally a painting of mine. So oh. 
I just described everything in the painting. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. A very um, simple, it's it, the painting is very much kind of like pictographs in a way they're usually black and then they have white lines that are raised, raised white lines that are like the drawing. I just described what was in there, but I was able to add more of what you may not get from it because the music that I feel like in a way I described the song, but in a way I, I may have described it better in music than mm-hmm. in a painting, you know, because they're, they're very different forms in certain ways because a painting really, you have to, you have to give yourself to the painting. You have to give up your time and say, I'm going to look, I'm going to try to read this painting where music does, it does that in one step because the music envelops you and takes right. you to that place. Well, like a, a painting, asks you to understand it and, and music just kind of presents itself. Right. And I'm, it's, and there's uh, more effort involved. And in, I think looking at a painting, I don't mean, the, I don't mean just observing it, but I mean, experiencing yeah. it, reading it, sensing it in a different way than music does. Song three, blessed life. I really like the, just, I think it's just a single guitar and bass for the first two minutes almost. It's it's my little my six string is that one my six string? No, that's my electric guitar. Yes, it's just a a guitar and a bass, and yeah. there's an organ. That's in the. Um, I wasn't sure whether I, to call it. I have it written as either a single chorus or a bridge. I'm not really sure what I would. The call middle, it, the middle section. Yeah, yeah, the peak. Yeah, sort if, of. If it I'm, was a mountain, it's like the peak of the mountain. Right. I'm always confused with what to call these things because <laughs> I I kind of let it, you know, go the direction it's going to go. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, when when I went to the studio, just to help me, Rob would say section A one, mm-hmm. section A two, <laughs> and and that's kind of how we went through it. I think that's um, sometimes a much more freeing way to to label parts of a song because i think if sometimes for myself at least when i have something written down and i start thinking about chorus or verse there's always instinctually some part of me that wants to go like should there be a bridge where should that go what should it be (laughs) right right (laughs) and then i'll be like oh it's just all verses there's nothing else and then i start kind of second guessing that right and that for me generally leads me down a path of making the song worse but if you label them just right. parts, like kind of abstract parts, even part one, part two, that sort of thing, then it's right. less self-reflective in a negative way. Just right, kind of, where the where the structure is what's first. Right. And yeah, then you yeah, fit yeah. the content to that. Yeah, I feel like for me, I love just approaching a song and the challenge or the idea. I don't know if it's always a challenge, but sometimes I just want to write verses and just trying to write a song that's only verses or the song that seems almost like one chorus or something or, you know, mm-hmm. or multiple choruses. That whole writing process is, it's like having a palette with so many colors to it. And instead of, you know, always oh, staying in this color choice here, just, you know, black, white and, you know, mono, monochromatic, you kind of have a lot more colors to choose from and a lot more combinations to mix up. Like only using primary colors and then you start creating right. different hues and secondaries and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, OK, I can have a song with a bunch of green in it. 
Right. Yeah. And yeah, you see a minimalist <laughs> painting and it's white and like, it's a painting and it's yeah. just white. And I think that, I guess that's what I meant was that there's so much more variety um, mm -hmm. in, that you can probably achieve in songwriting. It, it may not be for the, you know, for the mainstream or for radio, but it still is an investigation yeah. of like the form and the, the, the boundaries, limitations, but also the vast possibilities of the form. I, I write songs that are, I think, in the end, very structured or very standard, but I often forget to write the chorus. <laughs> right. You know, and it's like, oh, this is a weird song now. Like, is it a and song? It's, it's always it part of a song. Yeah. Like, it's always funny because other people will notice it, you know, before you do. <laughs> or they'll tell you, they'll call it out. Oh, this song doesn't have, have a chorus, you know, yeah. and, and it works, you know, so I always like, find like, that interesting. You're like, but it's it's four minutes long. It's got to have a chorus somewhere. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with this song, with Busted Life, like, I mean, first of all, again, the world that it's sort of painting, I, I think maybe coming from Herman's song, especially though, the world that it's painting feels very much, and there's also, there's a lot of imagery of like river and things like that. Yep. It feels yep. very, in my mind, I was imagining someone calming themselves down from a panic attack while walking through the woods hmm. on their way home sure. or something like that. Sure. And also with maybe tinges of anxiety from the world and kind of a, a resistance to letting all the craziness that's going on right now and going on this year with all the standard stuff and politics and yep. things like that kind of get to you and like sure, almost sure. like a friend that's like hey man like don't let those guys make you go insane like sure it's gonna be fine just follow the river yep you know we'll get yep. through this we'll get home yep and, and I, uh, I mean, songwriting is very therapeutic, you know, for me, it's, it's resolving. I resolve ideas, you know, that I may have or conflicts that I have, or, you know, in writing them, they help me to like solidify something, I think, and also to, to focus on it and to be able to sing it and sing it over and over again, which helps to remember something, which is what poetry is about, you know, and oral poetry the traditions that usually have some sort of beat or melody to them. So I feel like I would like the songs to have a function to them besides just kind of passing time, besides getting you through the day. Yeah. Um, but there's a, there's a line here, uh, the first line, I've, I've teetered on it. Why are you hopeless today? Why are you so far away? And I kind of feel like they are the same thing, you mm. know, but slightly different. But I, I ended up keeping the hopeless today. And also it reminds me of what you were saying earlier, that some of the songs, they seem relational or they seem like they could be maybe more political or, you know, hmm. addressing society as well. Yeah, I guess those, those kind of emotions sort of go hand in hand in a lot of ways. But just a comment on, on you were saying the, on the, the, the line, why are you so hopeless today? Why are you so far away? In many ways, I feel like being hopeless is crumpling in the thick of it, like in the middle of something so crushing. Right. And it's like being surrounded by crushing forces and then being far away is sort of a retreat inward, unless we're talking purely physical distance wise, but kind of right. I interpret it as like a, an inward distancing. Right. It's like a, abandoning hope, which I feel like is different than hopeless. Yeah. 
and you have to decide at some point (laughs) (laughs) or or use one you know at one place and one in the other place um if you have that opportunity i do have that opportunity because i sing you know the the first verse at the end as well but i like the the line of uh when breath is even and calm you know i really like that line because i feel like Oh yeah, it, it is. It is about in a way. It's about breath. Is about like, you know, not letting yourself be uneven. I I really liked that line too. I think that was also one of the ones that sort of made me feel like it might be about um, a panic attack. <laughs> um, because <laughs> yep. you know that's like well, a lot of times when if someone has a panic attack, people will say, amongst all the other things like you know counting blah blah blah, just like focus on breathing. Right. Just like normal breathing, yeah. you know, in and out slowly. It's amazing how many things in general, at least psychologically, but physically as well, that that, that breathing seems to <laughs> fix or stabilize. Right. The, the, the thing that we're so uh, unaware of is a vital, you know, it's of, of vital importance. Almost all the songs I've written, I've written a, a lot of songs during this time, you know, from the beginning of COVID. Um, and, you know, in many ways, the music, like these things that we're kind of dealing with, they're just coming out naturally in all the music, not as like specific but more of an unconscious way, something that I see after I write it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I see that, you know, that kind of relates to, you know, where we're, where we've been for the past few months or where, you know, where I've been. So it's not only these songs, but it's almost like every song, there are hints of it within the songs. One of the songs I, I wrote maybe a, a month and a half or two months ago was this song called Petrified. The first line goes, I held on, held on to what was. I stood still, did not move, stayed as I was. Mm. Um, And, you know, it definitely relates to things that are going on and struggles that people are having in this time. Um, Yeah. You know, being aware of the things that you hold on to, even just having to live differently. It could be political or it could be having to do with COVID and having to be, you know, change your schedule, your life schedule or what you can do easily. Mm. You know, so I feel like it can really cover cover all of that. Um, and I'm finding that in these songs, it's just naturally what comes out. I think that's one of my favorite things about writing music in general is discovering after the fact what you were thinking which is like a very weird phenomenon sometimes to not even be aware of what was going on in your head exactly. Sure. How how you were processing something, you know, something you might be like, I'm fine generally. And then you do some art or do music or something. And something like, Oh, maybe I wasn't. (laughs) Um, That's what the the Dada artists have helped us to do or to, mm -hmm. you know, to really see or to delve in. We need to look more into Dada stuff again. It's been a while. Yeah, as much as we know about art, I feel like it's still sometimes just as much of a mystery as as outer space at times. <laughs> like it's very simple, and it's also very yep. like ridiculously obscure, uh, uh, um, opaque in a lot of ways. Yeah, I guess that's why yep. it's interesting. <laughs> it was and it really it depends so much on like who cares, you know, who cares about it. Does is someone interested in it, or they're totally uninterested in it you know some people may be totally uninterested in space 
and they may be really interested in worms. I don't, you know. Yeah, like a um, scuba a scuba diver probably is not as into space. <laughs> right, because um, they're in space. They're, yeah, they're floating down there, know. and yeah, it's much cheaper and safer to get to there than real space. But sure, and probably you know a lot and very similar. Yeah, so. there's definitely life down there, though. You know. So yeah. Sorry, taking us on a weird tangent again. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, in general, I just thought this is this is a really lovely way to end the EP, and, and just it was uh, especially because so much of the imagery has a lot of things to do with sort of unease or or trying not to feel the pressure of something or an outside force or an outside persons or people. Sure, um, and then just uh, we'll call it. I don't know, part A3 or something. <laughs> the uh, That rise in the middle where the drums really kick in. And it, right. It almost shifts into this different gear. And I guess maybe that's when the organ comes in as well. I and think the, the organ, I think, is in or it, it might be in on the second verse. I'm pretty uh, earlier. I'm pretty okay. sure. Yeah. It's very so Or maybe not. Maybe because it's hard to distinguish the bass. I think I think they're in very subtly in there but you know that that middle section is like the climax you know it's um it's almost the the hermit finding union yeah a flash rain and then you start dancing and it's just like a celebration of life and of love and it also changes the first verse you know because you know when the first verse enters it's like the shock and then when the sec when it comes in again at the end you really face the verse differently mm -hmm. because of what you just went through with that, you know, with that climax, no, which I like, I like that. I like that a verse can actually change just because of where you place it. Yeah. Um, or in relationship to what just came before it. So it's almost like having two meanings in a way they're exactly the same words, but the context alters the meaning or allows you to absorb the meaning differently. Hmm. After listening to the song, it really made me want to try to construct a song that I guess is a, what is it, a palindrome? Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. am, am I thinking of the right word? My brain palindrome, is very... Well, palindrome no, palind is a, um, it's a word that the same is the same back, forward yes. and backwards. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a good idea I'm, for a I'm, song. I am a... a Unfortunately, kind of uh, fuzzy brained right now because of uh, no, it's okay. being tired. But I, but I, <laughs> I was just like, there's this. I was pausing because my brain was like, "Is it a palindrome?" It's like, "Yes." <laughs> Is it an onomatopoeia? It's like, "No." Isn't that the one where it's spelled like it sounds? And then in a third voice, it was like, "I have no idea." But um, yeah, so like a song that would be constructed like a palindrome. I'm sure this has been done before. I've just never sure, tried sure. it, so I think it'd be fun. Right. Um, where not only do you repeat the verses, but you actually like flip the word, like the line order. Right. You would actually read them in reverse, but they would actually have a different <laughs> meaning on the way on the way down. But the rhyming structure right. would still work or whatever. So that yeah, that would that would definitely be interesting. I think it's worth something. It's definitely something worth trying. You know, yeah. it's reminding me of of the way the um, I was talking about Dada and how they would do the the whole stream of consciousness and cut up words and put words together to kind of jar people out of their everyday experience and order. 
you know, which mm. so many musicians have used, you know, David Bowie and other people. Um, so in a way, you know, taking a form like that, like you're saying, and, and using it as, as a song structure, it will create different moments, you know, that I think wouldn't happen. Because in a way, you're not controlling the reverse aspect of it, which I think would be interesting. Or I'd have to, or I would just have to be much more clever than I usually am. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe if you, um, if you're writing and, and using less of the, the kind of linking words like the and at, if you could just mm. get to really concrete words and imagery, it may work. Yeah. Just like strip it down. Strip down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even then, if it didn't quite make sense, the listener might just interpret their own. Yeah, I think it will start to make. I mean, <laughs> I think there's no way of ma- not making it make sense. I feel yeah. like our brains are so subtle and our instincts to want to understand things kind of find a way. Yeah, so, well, we, we love patterns. We, gotta, we have to get those patterns. So one way or another, it's going to make sense. It's something to be uh, glad about and happy about that. Everything doesn't have to be so heady and totally planned. And yeah, we don't have to be in our heads so much all the time. It, right. it can it can be more flowing, not so exact. We've gotten through all the songs, and I always just like to ask too about what your reflections on the experience overall have been making this, but also making it within the week. Yeah, I think it relates to what some things we've been talking about is that, you know, writing a song, writing three songs so close together, the lines are blurred between the songs, you know, also juggling the ideas at one time. So there's probably a lot more cross pollinating while I'm writing them rather than just like working on a song for a week and then starting a new song. Just the mere closeness in terms of the process, I, I felt for me, made a strong connection to the themes. Yeah. Even if they're not literally exact, but there are, you know, I can, I can see them a lot clearer in these three songs than I would in other songs. Well, it's sort of, I mean, if you think about the way that something might be rattling on inside of your, your head any given day or every given couple of days, it's not, it's not often that it, something will come in and just exit immediately you know it kind of reverberates and to create songs in such a to create songs in such a short time span means that there's going to be a lot of emotions or or sort of subconscious elements that are they might be there in your head the whole time but i think that's really awesome i kind of i kind of love how that happens Right. No, and that's I liked I liked that and actually it may kind of makes me want to do more or try to, you know, do something longer but close to each other. You know, create eight songs. Yeah. In a short yeah. period of time. It doesn't mean you have to actually finish them all at that time, but I think right. in terms of coming up with a cohesive group or even have them relate with each other, or even have them work into each other rather than divide them into songs. I think this gave me some experience doing something similar. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I would love to hear uh, what you come up with if you do that at some point. Thank you. And yeah, so Hieronymus, how can people get more of your music and your art? How can people find it on the interwebs? Sure. Um, I have a website, hieronymusbogs.com, and that pretty much, I think, can link people to other things like my Bandcamp, 
I have a Bandcamp page, uh, Hieronymus Boggs, and um, my art can be found there as well through my Instagram link on the on the website. And uh, I have links to Bandcamp, and you can order CDs like my my other CD CDs and some other merch there. So I think yeah, the the website's probably a good place. But if you also do a, a general search. I'm sure things will come up. I have things on, you know, digital distribution. Like um, Spotify, iTunes, that kind of stuff. Probably. I'm not, yeah, I think, (laughs) I think Spotify, you know, these days everything kind of blends together. And yeah, so I think I do have stuff on Spotify. Um, Definitely on, you can, you know, buy them on iTunes and other places as well. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, everyone should go and do that. Thank you. I've been very fortunate, I think, to have so many amazing musical guests on the show. Yeah. And I've always learned a lot about, especially if it's like a genre that I don't normally listen to. Mm-hmm. And I've always come away really enjoying every record that's been on the show. But I feel like it's worth restating again that I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, I was yeah. looking forward to to getting to talk a little bit about how it's made. And I'm, cool. I, I love that a lot of what we've talked about is... <laughs> Not very technical and uh, sure. not exactly on topic, but I think uh, yeah. it's been really great. And I hope that my exhausted brain has not been too scattered. And uh, No, we've been talking. <laughs> you know, um, I just, you know, you're a part in this, you know, you're a catalyst for people making things. And I think that's pretty amazing. It's a good thing for an artist to be involved in. I do a little gallery here in town and, you know, so I invite people to display their work and I, you know, curate shows and things like that. And um, I think it's not just that you make something and you put a product out, but I think the engagement in the artistic life of others, it's where it really is at. It's like having a a beer with someone. I don't, I don't really know how to explain (laughs) it. And it's, it's, it's a very simple thing, but it's, it's what, is life affirming um creativity making things sharing those things talking about them i don't see what else you know yeah i, I guess making a million dollars from the thing could be <laughs> but i'm yeah, not sure I mean, if making yeah. the million dollars is as life affirming no um, i'm sure as to relationships oh you know it's you know it's hard to tell not having ever made a million dollars or anything <laughs> close to it but which is not much these days though so. yeah well it's definitely something but i i uh yeah i I, i'm certain that that would be more of an icing on the cake you know that would never that would never be a higher moment so to speak right right i just love talking about music with people and then just yeah i've just thoroughly enjoyed talking to you about a bunch of random stuff including music so well, let's um, do it again sometime. I know you mentioned David Lynch, and I, I, I'm sure we have other things that we both have an interest in yeah, that would be fun yeah. to talk about. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, we could always just uh, chat. I would. And, uh, I would. That'd be cool, man. Um, thanks so much for your time and your music and being into this project and, and talking to me about it. All right. Thank you, Cody. Have a good... Uh, it's... Have a good afternoon. I guess it's what is it? <laughs> it's a yeah. We're getting it's, we're getting to almost evening, evening almost. All right. Well, have, a, <laughs> have a good evening. Okay. Thank you, Cody. Talk soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Once again, my name is Cody, and thanks for listening to another episode of Weekly EP. I had a really wonderful time chatting with Hieronymus, and I will probably have these songs stuck in my head for a while, for sure. I'm including a number of links in the show notes, but the quickest way to find yourself in front of more music by Hieronymus Boggs is to head to HieronymusBoggs.com. That's H-I-E-R-O-N-Y-M-U-S-B-O-G-S.com. And if you enjoy this podcast, please tell a friend about it, subscribe, follow, and give us a review. It really helps a lot. You can also come say hi on Instagram, where I post images of the guests and the instruments that they use to make their weekly EPs. And if you or someone that you know would like to do your own weekly EP, please get in touch. We would love to hear from you.